Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are going to talk about our top 10 favorite e-commerce sites. We're going to split this into two and do five per podcast. So let's get started. Hello, Ian. How are you? Morning, Mark. I'm okay. How are you doing? Good. Good. A little bit of technical difficulties trying to get onto the call today, but we'll just calm ourselves down. Everything's all right. Yeah, it's okay. a lot of Bluetooth wouldn't connect. Couldn't yeah. hear you. Microphone, wrong microphone, wrong speakers. Yeah, we people just think we're slick. They think we're just yeah. super slick. We're just coming on here with all the technology, but you know, it's uh, yeah, there's a lot yeah, of stuff that goes. Back, a lot of arguments. 40, yeah, we've had forty minutes of faffing around to try and get it here. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. today we're going to talk about our. Top 10 favorite e-commerce sites. And the reason we want to talk about these ones is because we've referenced them quite a bit, different different things. And we want to talk about which sites we like and why we like them. And I, I don't think all of them are going to be obvious just from looking at the front. It's kind of like what we've picked up from each one, maybe over the years. Now, some of these, these sites we might mention, we might have liked them a while ago from something they did. And that's why we're mm-hmm. talking about it. We're not necessarily saying, you go and jump on this straight away. but um, yeah, so we'll, we'll get into them. Do you want to add yeah. anything to that, Ian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah, some of the some of the some of the things are things just stories that we know they did ten years ago, and then yeah. other new e-commerce managers come along that's forgotten about it. Um, so we'll we'll reference them, but we'll reference them. We'll say why we like them, what what they've traditionally done really well as a business. But I'd also say I was thinking about this this morning that this when we when we go through these ten sites that we like and the reasons why we like them it's really important to remember that e-commerce is full of people trying to sell you shiny things and and there's so many shiny distractions so you've got to think you know without there's so much it's, it's the background of the business it's the fundamental business so you can't make a site look like one of the sites we will tell you and then think that's going to be the answer um, you know, it, it is far, far more about the business proposition than anything. But and also, it's the website is going to be right for the stage of business they're at. Yeah, yeah, and also yeah. what they sell. So yeah. if they're selling problem-solving, rational purchase, then they're going to have a site that is much more geared towards that emotion. If they're selling a lifestyle, spontaneous, you know, a, a lifestyle product, then it's going to be much more towards that. Um, yeah. And also, if you're selling your own products versus other people's products, so yes, you c- you know there is no one size fits all. There is no magic wand, um, unfortunately. So yeah. that, I make that very clear because I know when we start look, saying these sites, everybody will probably want to go and have a look at them and, and think that is the answer. Also, a caveat to this as well: I didn't let you put any of our own sites that either we've built or own into the list. Um, mm just because I thought that would be a bit, yeah. well, silly, kind of, you know, tooting our own horn. So 
Um, it's it's sites that we have had nothing. I don't think we've had anything to do with any of these ones. I'm looking at them. No, no, they're, they're no. nothing, nothing to do. So why, so why don't you just use the first one? Yeah. and then we'll go. Yeah. Into, we'll get into it. Yeah. So what's the first? Okay. One? So the fir- first one is Brooklinen. Brooklinen.com, yeah. it's an American brand selling bedding. And the reason why this is on the list is because the they do very they do very well at the email side of things. Yeah. So in terms of catching the I mean they're doing now, I mean, I don't know, hundred million comfortably probably. And but they still realise that they need to start a conversation with people. Um and they do that through email quite often quite often they, they're quite aggressive to get the email and then so, okay so they got so a really Brooklyn, good e- email bride yeah, bribe yeah. Front. So Bro- yeah so brooklyn and I'd, I'd encourage everybody to go and sign up to their emails actually and then see how many pre-purchase behavioral based emails you get now i know that they use clavio and right. um which is a tool that we're probably all on and you just see how how well they hit you in the period where you're browsing and discovering new bedding um and that's when they hit you hard is right. in the initial when you just signed up which is exactly what we say you know you what was you also interesting about brooklinen was that they um they use kickstarter and i think they still well, it was Kickstarter a while ago, but yeah. they, they used it when they were growing to kind of give them a kind of funky edge and kind of to be relevant and launch and I actually quite liked going and having a look at their uh, their journey and, and seeing how they'd launched different products on Kickstarter and how they'd launched their website looked over the years, you know, going to Wayback Machine and see how it built up because you can see that they had a real kind of mission around what they were trying to do and what kind of part of the market they were going to go to. So when you go and look at the website, you know, if you just copied that, then you would nowhere near do, do as well as they've done, but they're sitting on a foundation of, all the things they've done to kind of get them to where they are, yeah. which is very impressive. And, and that email welcome sequence has obviously been split tested and all that kind of stuff. So you can go and learn from, you know, a yeah. lot of their, their, their wins, can't you? Yeah. You know, when, when we're looking at these sites, you know, we, we don't know their, their conversion rates or their add to baskets or anything like that, but we mm. can have a guess. And, and, you know, I think they'll have a pretty decent, conversion rate because they'll have existing customers coming back and i think they do a good job of converting the new customers as well right yeah so yeah, yeah brooklyn.com and obviously the photography's good the sites the good they're going through the the emotion of, of the linen and why there's a better yeah you know so yeah. That, that's one worth checking out brooklyn.com and they were one of the first ones i think to start using pets in there in their Facebook ads and things like that with the little yeah. dogs and things like that. So they're kind of quite on the market for what's working on Facebook. So looking at the Facebook ads library is quite a fun thing to do as well. Yeah. Um, so the number two on the list, you've got a story, you put down on this, yeah. you've got a story about how they built the email list. Yeah. Yeah. So this is big dog, big dog.co.uk. And the reason this is on there, not because of what they're doing now, but back in the day, big dog. So they're sounding like shelving for garage, you know, garages and that, you know, kind of stuff like that, and um, and they're they're quite a big brand. And Big Doug actually was was a real chap called Doug. Uh, apparently, he was Little Doug, but they called him Big Doug. Anyway, he he grew his business by capturing an an audience around his business. So he he did these weekly deals, 
Um, and every it might have been a daily deal or a weekly deal. And this was like 10, 15 years ago. And essentially what they did is um, in order to uh, see what the weekly deal were was, you had to sign up to their weekly deal newsletter. Um, and they'd have short runs of everyday products. So things that we would call everybody products, things that everybody would want. And they did a short run deal on them. Uh, maybe they'd have a fat, you know, 500 or 100 or something that would be a really good deal. And basically, if you weren't signed up to the newsletter, you'd missed out. And it was a fantastic way that they grew their email database around their business. It was a great way of also getting people to come back and see what the weekly deal. Well, I think it was. I think it was a daily deal actually they did. So was it but, around the time when there was Groupon and those kind of people, and there was that craze around those kind of deals and stuff like that? Because that was certainly. It was, re- it, it was that era. Yeah, yeah. it was that era. Yeah. Um, that's the same era when marine deals in New Zealand got started. And there was this kind of like, you could launch a brand, you could take that kind of model. People were very willing to sign up for deals and, and grow very, yeah. very quickly. Well, because at that um, time, in the internet niche. grew. Yeah, at that time, mm. the internet grew because people wanted to go online and get a deal. Yeah. You know, they wanted to get yeah. something cheaper than they could going into the high street. And that, that was the foundation of e-commerce. And so well, it's interesting. You, the ones that have survived from that are the ones that had a particularly like big dog still does shelves and kind of storage boxes and things like that. Marine deals as just does fishing and kind of so, so they, they, they've kind of, they've, they're still growing. They're still becoming massive businesses where, you know, the Groupons and the, you know, there's Treat Me in New Zealand and all sorts of grab ones and things like that. They've kind of died and fizzled out mm. because they were just, they didn't have a reason to exist in the long term. Whereas these, these ones actually became, like the job to be done, you know, like if I got want some, something fishing, I'm going to go to Marine Deals. If I want something for yeah. shelving, I'm going to go to Big Dog. Whereas like the grab ones or the group ones, it's like, well, what, why would I go there? It's like, do, you know, it's just so, it's just become, yeah. eventually just became about cheap stuff, didn't it? Which would, yeah. didn't have any real value. Yeah. And, and, and places like Big Dog, you know, have been able to create their own brand of products too. So they've, they've leveraged their list. So the lifetime customer yeah. value is there. Yeah. So that was a story about Big Doug, and I, I use that story a lot, how they grew their email database so quickly and yeah. so effectively over a short period of time. And that really was their launch pad for their business. Mm. That's mm. how it worked. And deals are always okay. still relevant. And now the third website, not many people have heard of, heard of this one. No. Um, but it's Amazon, Amazon.com or Amazon.co.uk or Amazon.co.au now um and i think it's just difficult not to have amazon on a list of top 10 e-commerce sites that you like that you want to talk about because really you know we've in and i've been doing this a long time and of course you know when we started amazon was very small and every time they've added something we've gone and had a look at it and i'd like the first people to do like related products i mean that that seems so obvious now but when they were the first people to do related products or the first people to do people who viewed this also bought they were the first people to do uh, reviews on the site they were first people to do split testing on an e- e-commerce site like they they defined how the checkout process works that we now have on all our shopify sites they they just there was no real rule book when they were doing it everything they created in e-commerce they they created it and and it's yeah. been fascinating to watch um even the abandoned yeah. Abandoned product emails, you know, like that. They were the first time Amazon started doing that to me. As I'd been looking at something, and then it sent me an email like three days later saying, 
you know, you, do you still want to look at some of these offers? I was like, wow, how did you do that? You know, it was, um, I mean, it just seems so simple now. Yeah. And it's so Larry obvious. King, but it they, wasn't they, at the time. No, no, exactly. I mean, they're the king of selling other people's products. Yeah. You know, obviously that that's that's the big difference about Amazon and your own brands. You know, is that Amazon are selling other people's products, even if it's Amazon's own choice. I know they're kind of you know selling their own stuff, but but you know, in terms of the cons- in the consumer's eyes, it's like a big Argos. Yeah. Um, and but they do a very very good way of helping you find those products. But the thing um, is, like, look at Argos. Argos had the opportunity to become Amazon in the UK, yeah. and it didn't. It completely missed the boat. Amazon came out of nowhere, completely blew everything out of the water, and became such a huge, huge business. So, I mean, you, you, there's, you know, like, look at the, look at all the book companies that could have uh, out outdone Amazon. You know, at, at the beginning, it was just they just came from nowhere and just dominated all the industries, and just nobody saw it. Until it was, until they were absolute behemoths. So, you know, hats off to, to what they've done. And, you know, just looking at the homepage, you can see that they, you know, they're, they're all about personalization. They're all about, you know, making sure that I'm seeing the right things that I'm going to be relevant to me. I'm sure if you looked at your homepage, it'd be different. Um, and things like Amazon Prime, I mean, it was just pure genius. Yeah. You know, yeah. we've rolled that that out across a couple of, you know, our, our sites and that, that's been a massive game changer for us. And like yeah. it, all it was was just following Amazon's rulebook. Well, let's have a go at that kind of thing, and it, it, it made such a big difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. anything else you want to say, Amazon? Well, you? you could. I think. It, yeah. I think to be honest, I mean, you could do a podcast just on Amazon. In fact, you could do a podcast series on Amazon. Mm. Obviously, it's a yeah. massive, massive, massive thing. Um, but but generally, yes, you're right. You know, you you you've got to put it on the list because of what they've done over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. It's prob- probably the most significant thing about Amazon really is that is the things that they introduced that you've just mentioned that that was a world first, like the behavioural based emails, like the personalisation related, yeah. you know, the, the related upsells. You, you can't you can't like you it, when you see it now you just don't realize how new that was it's like if you go and look at the you know the, the iphone's got like a touch screen you can use two fingers on it when that when they actually launched that in a, in a show and they used two fingers to move a map around everybody was like astonished they were like yeah. oh my god this is amazing but you you go and look at that presentation now and i remember watching it at the time and thinking oh wow that's amazing and now you look at it, you think yeah well, why, why is everybody excited? You, you just you, once you once it's been revealed and you're used to it, you can't see it. But it was just when those first things came out, you were like, "Oh God, that's amazing! How'd you do that?" So real, real genius there. So the the yeah. next one, number four, is is Wayfair, Ian, and, yeah. and I know you've talked yeah. about Wayfair quite a bit. Yeah, I talk about Wayfair quite a lot for one purpose only. Um, the, the the what Wayfair are very good at doing is encouraging the, the 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 product discovery, the website flow. The website flows beautifully, mm. and what, you know one one of the things that we've talked about when your ad to basket stat is low, your ad to basket stat is low because they're they're exiting on a certain page or they're bouncing. So the worst mm. case scenario is they land on a product page and they bounce. So most 
businesses will find if they haven't done anything around this, if they're driving Google shopping traffic to their product page, it's going to bounce at like 80 odd percent because it's because it's a dead end page because the temptation to click back into Google is huge. So, for example, if you if, if you were Googling red sofa and you up oh, pops a Google shopping ad and you click through the Google shopping ad, if that is the and they land on the red sofa page, if if that was the only product on that page, knowing that no one is ever going to buy the first red sofa that they ever click on, they want to find all the red sofas and they want they're in that product discovery. If you don't have that that product discovery, that website flow where you're allowing them to say, hey, here's all the other red sofas and, and here's sofas that are that are that have got the same fabric and here's sofas that are the same shape and here's sofas from the same brand and other people who've looked at this went on to look at these. Um, if you don't have that stuff, what's going to happen is you're going to you're going to close the page down. You're going to you're going to go back into Google, and that will be classified as a bounce. And Web Wayfair, uh, we, I think one of the first people to do the Google, uh, Google Shopping landing page, so a specific page for Google Shopping. So it had the product you clicked on at the top, and you were able to buy it because that's the rule of Google Shopping. If they can't add to basket from the Google Shopping landing page. It, it, it you can it, it's not allowed google doesn't like it um so you'll you'll that product will be pulled out of the feed and they had underneath that they had all like a big category page with all the filters and, and everything and that that was really really good so they got that and then when you click through to an actual product page that website discovery that flow is brilliant just like you would have when you if you're in a physical massive furniture retailer so wayfair sell lots of furniture and household stuff um it's they're brilliant so we always use wayfair yeah it's probably i think the they're very example. good at showing like they're ba- very good at showing a lot of information without it being cluttered and that's when design really works in a functional mm. way it's like if you if you went onto the product page and i'm looking at one of the rugs and stuff like that and then i'm scrolling down compare similar items and more from so and so like if you had this information on a bad design you'd just be you'd just be like leaving so quickly because you'd be like, oh my God, I can't yeah. cope with that amount of information you're giving me. I can't even think about that. So it's it, what well, they're I very think, good at is keeping you on that page yeah. and keeping well, it simple. Well they're, well, they're keeping, they're very good at keeping you on the website. Mm. The first thing is you're not bothered about the specification of that sofa yet. You're mm. bothered about, is that the right sofa? And then once you found that, yeah, I, I like that sofa, then you start going into the, the detail and start yeah. to find doing a bit more search. So they understand that very well. I, I did a screen grab of, of the Wayfair product page. I think I, had, I counted something like 12 big sections of things that were all about helping them find other products that mm. were similar. You know, and it wasn't just a thing stuck at the bottom. You know, it was that we had things right, like on the mobile, They've got thumb sized buttons that for the categories, the main categories, rather than everybody doing what everybody does now, they put it in the, me- the burger menu, you have to click on it, then open up. No, on Wayfair, on the mobile, they have these nice big chunky buttons right at the top. So you can see the other categories. And it's loads of things like that. And the breadcrumbs are open and really clear. Right. So it's brilliant. Well done. That's, you know, in terms of that, so I hats off to Wayfair for doing that. The next one is made.com. Yeah. And made.com 
is on the list. I, I, to be honest, it's still a very nice site. And I love the photography and the way they have really big images and it works really well and it's very aspirational. But the reason on the list is because we followed them for many years and we used to use Wayback Machine to kind of go and look at how, you know, what was the website look like when it launched? What was the, the the message when it launched? How did that change over time? And I think that was what was very interesting about MADE was how they, um, you know, if you went and launched a website right now selling furniture and you copied MADE, you wouldn't be as successful as MADE because they've got all these things they've built up. But like you look at how the, what message they were pushing on their homepage when they were tiny and what they're pushing now. Mm. And that, that, that was why. It was quite interesting to me. What, what about yeah. you, Ian, on Made? Yeah, that 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 was the story that we often use about Made. That you, when you went back to the Wayback Machine, they had a big strap line of of why they existed, and the strap line was direct from manufacturer to you, cutting out the middleman, yeah. saving yeah. you money. That was the big deal. That you know, this this chair would be retailing on the high street for eight hundred pounds. We're selling it to you for six hundred pounds. So you're yeah. saving, and that when, that's when that. it was a big deal as well. Because back when they launched, the, the the whole furniture market was everybody bought from wholesalers and then sold in the UK. Very few people were actually going direct to the manufacturer, which a lot more people do now. And that message would be a lot weaker now. But back then, yeah. that was a very very strong message. Yeah, that was it, and so. So we've, but we've, but a lot of people have said, oh, "I love the way made.com looks. I love that way. I love it. It's brilliant, and it mm. is brilliant." But like you say, if you just copied that, um, it wouldn't be as successful. Obviously, you know, even as a tiny bit successful. But the, the main point of it is, they pulled off their strapline. They didn't need them anymore because everybody mm. knew who made.com was, and they didn't want to cheapen themselves by having that strapline of direct from factory to you mm. saving you money they didn't want to show that because they felt they wanted to go into a more of an aspirational way but that's because they built a brand and they'd spent 100 million pounds on 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 advertising in the london underground um, yeah. for so many years and and so that's why you know now if you're doing a couple of million you have to have your strap line you have to have the reasons to buy because nobody knows who you are so you've yeah. got to work a lot harder at that positioning piece and be really, really obvious to think about why people should buy from you. Because inevitably now, if you want somebody to buy from you, that buyer is buying from somewhere else at the moment. You've got to stop mm. them buying from somewhere else and buy from you. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. What I'm what yeah. I'm thinking, Ian, and we've got five more to do. I'm wondering whether we do that in, in the next week's podcast rather than try and zoom yeah. through the rest of the list okay um and then maybe just talk a little bit now about the, the the ones we've mentioned because i think there's a lot in those ones like like made for example like but what's really lovely about it is how they how they open up all the images so that you know you know some people kind of put them so you can scroll through them but made really open them up and so they're using the images very much to sell the piece aren't they it's all about yeah the imagery and who's designed it, and they're very good at dimensions as well. Like there's, um, you know, one thing where I, I've I've kind of copied in some some of the strategic reports which we've done is showing how high the desk is compared to a you know a man's waist or legs and things like that. Like they're very good at you know 
helping people visualize a piece of furniture or, or a table or something um, in a very easy way. And then also getting people to other products. You know, so if they came to that sofa from Google Shopping and you would scroll down and the images in themselves are entertaining. They're so well done that you want to look at them. You want to keep looking at them because you think, oh, I wonder if I can get that look and I can get that feel for it. And then as you open it up, it works really, really well to then kind of go, well, I wonder what else they've got, what else I can kind of go. The other thing that works well is they've got a very nice favorite uh, way. So you can kind of be looking for things in the categories and you can click, um, you know, uh, the little heart at the top um, and you don't have to log in to do that. I don't think you do. Let's see what's happening. No, you don't have to log in. So you can kind of go and do your favorites. And then when you, when you go to leave, it says, do you want to, do you want to save your, do you want to save your favorites like that? So sometimes the favorite system is you, you you go and click the favorite system and then it says, oh, you've got to log in. And you're like, I don't want to log in. I just want to stop. We've we've seen that quite recently for a couple of clients that we're working with about this, this is a homeware business and their add to basket stat was pretty good, Mm. but their basket to checkout stat was a really really low i mean like the lowest that we've ever seen um so it meant that people were people were people then because they because they wish they had a wish list but it was a it was a real clunky wish list that you had to log in and create an account for it didn't just work off the bat and i think the idea was oh well we'll do that so we get their email but it's such a big barrier um and so people were adding things to basket, leaving it as a dumping ground, and then never coming back. Mm. And that, uh, yeah, I mean, we can see this on made.com now. You know, it's I mean, really easy to add it to the wish list, and then it allows you to then save it. And, yeah. Um, I mean, that you know, seems obvious. It seems obvious, but a lot of the kind of standard stuff doesn't work like that because it goes, oh, well, how can you save favorites if you're not logged in? Because we don't know who they are. And you just got to yeah. think about the flow of how it's happening. And I, what you were talking about there is it's really key to understand, especially with our KPIs, because a lot of times people will um, they'll say they'll come to us and say, "Oh, well, my add to basket's fine, but my basket to checkout's really, really bad." And and if I if I see that, then the first thing I'm diving into is is there any reason why the add to basket would be artificially high? And by that, I mean, let's say they, they haven't put the, the shipping information very clear on the product page. So therefore, people are adding the product to the basket just to find out about shipping information. Or are people using the basket as a kind of like a favoriting area to put things into there? Yeah. And therefore, the, the, the add to baskets artificially increased. So what we look at that in this case is like can we give people a different way of doing it and can we make it more easy to find the information they need so they don't need to add it to the basket so then we can actually see how how motivated the buyer is to actually buy and then we can see the true stats underneath and you know then we can you know because you can actually say oh look my my i've got a basket to order problem but you might not have a basket to order problem no and that's yeah that's certainly what happened wasn't it and and we and the reason why you know we we kind of we wanted people to add it to the wish list rather than the the basket because they're in a different stage of their buying journey, which meant that we could tailor the messaging to make it much more around product discovery. If they've added to a wish list, they're certainly not ready to buy and they're certainly not deciding on what product they wanted to add. And mm. and one of the things that we did as well for those products is if they 
Well, for that particular example of the home web, home business where they had a really high add to basket and a really low basket to checkout, was that rather than sending the, the email product that they should have, the, the, sorry, what am I talking about? The browser abandonment product. So, so they were sending people all the product. Hey, here's what's in your basket. Mm. Now people, but that, and so that was wrong because they were in product discovery. So what they should be doing is sending, here's lots of other products that are very similar from to the products you've added to your basket. Yeah, because it's different. Continue. It's a different message, isn't it? People are adding stuff to yeah. favorites are different than people who add yeah. to the basket. So the, the add to basket is more transactional, and there's reason. You know, what are the anxieties yeah. of stopping them people buy? But people who are adding stuff to favorites. It's more about have you quite found what you wanted, and yeah. maybe you should look they're at not, these other things. If they're adding it to the favorites, they're not necessarily bothered about the returns policy yet. They're bothered about mm-hmm. do I like that bloody black sofa, mm. and that's what they they find. So that's why. We want to people. We want people to use the wish list, not the ads basket. And the made.com example here is perfectly executed because it allows you to add it to wish list, and it then says, "Well, you can you can create an account if you want, but if you don't, and you browse away and come back tomorrow, it'll still be there mm. on the website because it's, yeah. it saves it in your session." So they are absolutely right and obviously what we then want to do is you want you do want to get their email but of course and made.com also have had the same thing for oh, 10 years now that little ad to back that little pop-up that comes and gives a 10 pounds off your first order that's mm. always come on the site haven't changed that haven't no changed that never changed years that. Years. Mm. so and that obviously is the great thing about getting that email so early in in the buying journey is that you can then trigger a lot more behavioral based abandonment emails yeah to continue that yeah. conversation cool so yeah and no, I, I i mean made.com actually is is phenomenal um in terms of that they so they, cause they they also do the the wayfair style google shopping landing page now as well they rolled it out about a year ago right and that so, so that you you, know, you can you can see the product you've clicked on at the top, but then you've got lots of other similar products underneath. Yeah. And when you go into the products, you know that like I'm looking at a black velvet sofa here, and I've got all the critical information I need right at the top, like the price, mm. how many reviews it's got, when's it going to come, the add to basket, the delivery charge, I've got all that critical stuff. I can see it's a 10-year warranty. And then as I scroll down, I can see lots of other information. All the methodical stuff starts to come in around the back of the specification and and how, you know, exactly the exact dimensions of it all. And that's all further down because they know that a methodical buyer who has questions will scroll down until they find the answer to the problem they're looking for. If they don't find the answer, when they scroll down they'll leave mm. and that's what makes I think that, really that when, when they've got a very good e-commerce site you, you, it's the master the master of presenting a lot of very important information without it feeling like they're presenting anything at all like you know you look at main.com mm. it looks open it looks big it doesn't look cluttered and yet everything is there that you need to you know quell the anxieties increase the desire and move people forward that you know if it, it, and it 
if you go and try and put on all the normal the design, you'd be like, well, this is starting to look cluttered. I've got loads of different things going on. And how did I, how do I do it? So it's, it's like a bit like what we're talking in Wayfair. It's all that information designed in a very beautiful way that allows you to move forward. So I think that's yeah. when you get, get your 10 out of 10 and your gold star is when you're, when you're doing that and presenting all that, all that jazz. So I think, I think we'll, what we'll do is we'll, next week we'll cover the, uh, the rest of the 10. Because I don't want to rush through them, because I think it's mm. good to have to go into a little bit of de- detail a- a- about each one. Um, so we've got five more for next week, and uh, just looking at the list, there's some B2B ones in there, there's some menswear ones in there, some kind of electronics ones in there. So slightly different than the ones we've covered, um, but uh, that that gives us an easy topic to do next week here. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, thank you very much, Ian, and I will speak to you next week. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.